Hey, what's up, people? This is Sports Debate Tuesday. This is episode 34. This episode is brought to you by NY Varsity Sports. That's me. That's me, the NYV. Watching me. Watching you. I'm with Rob McLean. This is episode 34, Sports Debate Tuesday, and the episode starts right now. Hey, 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 let's go, Buffalo, let's go, Buffalo, in case you guys haven't noticed, this is, first of all, this is episode 34, along with Rob, keep it McLean, McLean, I'm Jason DeBiss, this is Sports Debate Tuesday, and in case you haven't noticed, my usual vintage Yankee hat is not on my head this week. Not because I'm depressed about the Yankees. They are the most celebrated franchise in all of sports. It's because of my Buffalo Bills. My man, too, Josh Allen. Great performance this week. 312 yards, three touchdowns, 105.4 passer rating. To be the man, you got to beat the man. And I think theirs is a division to take. How you doing, Rob? I'm doing good, man. Finally, I'm glad football's back. That's Are for we... sure. Basketball, football, everything. Oh, just, oh, God. You get this pit in your stomach and COVID catch up, catches up with you. And then Sunday, you turn on your TV. And what is that? It's football. Going to talk a lot about football. We're going to talk about winners and losers of the pick six, of the NFL pick six. Right now, we're pre-recording because I don't have a, a sound engineer. So our sixth is tonight. Pittsburgh against the Giants, so we'll just do the, the win-loss records from the five. But our special guest has a surprise for you, surprise name and a surprise record. So we're going to get get into that later. Um, a lot of people booed at the Houston-Kansas City game when they locked arms, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. We only have one episode of Shamer, No Shamer, one, category, one question of Shamer, No Shame. Dak Prescott admitted to having depression, and Skip Bayless called his position in pub, um, doing it in public a weak move and... and and he, as a Dallas Cowboy, he shouldn't do that. Where, and that'll be our only uh, sh- uh, category for shame or no shame. But first, Rob McLean, let's go to the NBA. All right, we got one more Western uh, um, Conference um, semifinal game left. Three, three, baby. The Los Angeles Clippers lost yesterday. This is Sunday. Today's Monday. Lost to the Nuggets, 111 to, to 98. So they're even at three apiece. Jokic went off. They were down by 19. That dude went bananas, put up 34-plus. Very, very impressive performance by Kawhi Leonard and by Paul George. And Mo Williams kind of did his thing, so it's not like they were lacking in a third person. So, Rob, let's skip all that. I've talked enough. The floor is yours. Three apiece. Who's going to win tonight? Um, Yeah, so I said this, I think, in the beginning of the series. Uh, I think it, uh, the Clippers planned for it to go to seven. You know, this is still, in all essence, like a month into the restart of the season. So um, to expect them to be at their best part of their game right now is, you know, not possible. So uh, I think they're just going to try to, you know, do their best to use all their players, you know, use, you know, train yourself for another game seven coming in the next series and, you know, use this as a tool to, to gain yourself a championship instead of seeing it as an uh-oh moment. Whereas, you know, Denver Nuggets, if they win this game, 
it's amazing. If they lose this game, they've had a great season. You know, regardless, I think that, wow. you know, their the potential in their minds are, you know, it's very fragile. So I think that the Clippers could come in and dominate all game long, dominate at the end, and just go through and win the seventh game. Um, <clears throat> I definitely see the Nuggets as kind of going out and giving it their all. I think it could either be a super close game or just a blowout where, you know, they just – you know, kind of just glad to be in the seventh game and, you know, just ended up not being uh, not being there uh, mentally, physically, you know, whatever it happens to be. But there's such an up-and-down team, man. Uh, I just can't put, you know, even for one game, I just can't put all the, you know, all the eggs in, in Denver's bucket. But, yeah, I'm just going to have to go with the Clippers. I love the way they play defense as well as stack on offense in a tough game. Maybe they both don't score over 100 points, but uh, I see still the Clippers playing the better defense when it matters. Um, and, yeah, so definitely see the Clippers coming through and L.A. L.A. matchups. That's what we've, been, what we've been looking for all season, and it looks like all telltale signs coming into last weekend said that. Rob, I will say this. I pick the Clippers to win, but I have to say this, or it would be sports debate, podcast malpractice there's nothing more dangerous in the world there's nothing more dangerous in the world uh no team more dangerous in the world than a team that's playing with house money <laughs> there's no team more dangerous in the world where everybody expects them to lose no one expected it to even go 3-3 i think we both agree on that before i go on stop me at any point and no one expected them to sustain this performance six uh six out of seven games they played terrific. They were down by 15, game five in the third quarter. They came back. They were down by 19. And they came back. Jokic put up 34 points, 14 boards. Uh, um, Jamal Murray did his thing a, a little bit too. 21 points from him. They got 16 from Harris, 16 from Porter, 10 from Harris, uh, uh, from Morris. Uh, Paul George on the other side. Uh, woke up a little bit because remember we were teasing him in the beginning, but he he's sustaining these these 30, 30 point things or twenty five plus. He had thirty three. Kawhi Leonard scored twenty five. Um, Lou Williams put up fourteen, and now we're here. We are in Game Seven. Now I picked the Clippers because I didn't see the Nuggets doing this four out of seven times. All right. I didn't see them playing this way for seven games. I never said that they couldn't play this game this way for six, <laughs> even though it didn't look good when they were down 3-1. So I go with you and we're going to wrap up basketball as quickly as we arrived, because if, it, if the question is who's going to win Tuesday night or, or during this broadcast, we will say tonight. Um, Got to go with the Clippers because the constant pressure of having three two-way players in, in the Magic 3, not to mention uh, Beverly and other people who, who contribute off the bench on the defensive and offensive side. It's really, really tough to beat them. Like Jokic had to explode to win this game, right? Murray has to explode to win this game. Murray's going to have to have 50 <laughs> if they're going to win this game. And I just don't see him doing that for two series in a row. They, they had all this energy against the Jazz, and they, they still come full of piss and vinegar now. And Rob, um, I say the Clippers, but... I say, if you got nothing to do Tuesday night, tonight, man, watch that game. I don't, do we, how, how, I mean, do we think it's a blowout? Um, it's tough to predict. I mean, it's just fun to talk about, whatever, but. I think there's going to be the moment, their moments. I think it'll maybe end in a, in a double digit win, you know, a 10, 12 point win. But I think it'll just be a close game. You know, that feeling where no one ever took control and, 
you know, no one ever is blowing anybody out. Um, yeah, but I think by the end it'll be, you know, a separate, like a, a good 10, 15 point, like last night's game. Like, you know, it didn't seem like the Clippers would be down by 12 or by 13 by the end of the game, but because they were up by 13, you know, before. So it was just like, that's such a big swing and that's such a, a Denver nugget thing where, you know, I don't right. think it's going to be a blow. I expect it to be either a blowout or a close loss for them. All right, cool. Yeah, man. Hey, guys, that wraps up basketball because right now in our world, the L.A. world, that's all that matters. LeBron James looking on. Anthony Davis looking on. Rondo, I call him playoff Rondo now, <laughs> looking on. <laughs> Not regular season Rondo, playoff Rondo. But he's always played better in the playoffs. Yeah. Like even on the Celtics, he's played really well on the Celtics and then legendary in the playoffs. Jeez. Like legendary. Rondo becomes playoffs. Rondo or became Rondo because of the playoffs right no one yeah you're like wait Kevin Garnett they Paul say Pierce, it because the of the big Rondo? three but no there was a big three before there was a Rondo you know they even said like oh you know Rondo's part of the big three too why why don't we call it a big four because he only shows really up in the playoffs when, you know 43 points 20 something assists you know six steals a game you know it's ridiculous the numbers he puts up so Cool, man. Well, that wraps up basketball for us. We're moving on to the NFL. And I speak for both of us and I speak for everybody listening. I'm sure amongst this COVID thing and everybody just trying to stay safe. Sometimes you turn on your TV and there's football and for at least for the one day, it feels like a normal day. So Rob, a um, bunch of great games, all of them worth watching. Some of them come down the wire. Some of them are represent your favorite teams that kind of win that, that wrap it up definitively before the end comes. And those are fun too. Um, and then maybe not for the Jets, but <laughs> Rob, so let's start. We're going to go one apiece. What game surprised you? as far as like um, upsets are concerned, or maybe great performances in the losing effort? Which which game surprised you? Um, so for me, uh, the game that really surprised me was the um, Jacksonville Jaguars and the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I thought <clears throat> maybe more of a low scoring, a, a lot of defensive uh, type of game it ended up being pretty pretty high score 27 24 i mean that's that's yeah. you know good offense on both sides um uh i think the indianapolis colts have a really underrated defense uh and you know Gardner Minshew just tore up that defense um i don't think that the jaguars necessarily have the best offense uh and you know he just you know put up a good amount of points on that team pretty consistently um, and then you have the, the Indianapolis Colts who just brought on, you know, Phillip Rivers kind of looking forward to the future or, you know, kind of looking forward to this, this season saying we have a good defense. We put a good quarterback behind it. We have a pretty solid offense. You know, we're going to we're going to try to make something of it this year. Um, and they kind of come out pretty flat for most of the game and then, you know, come back raging at the end. Uh, you know, it was a great game. But uh, I was definitely surprised that, you know, how good Gardner Menchu looked. Here's what surprised me, the Washington football team. <laughs> it's crazy calling them that, right? I mean, you, now, now we're looking at two teams without emblems on their helmet, right? There's the Cleveland Browns, and now there's the Washington football team. And I'm looking forward to, like, the name the Redskins up there, and then, like, shatters, like shattering glass, like Stone Cold Steve Austin, and then some new, new name comes up, and everyone just goes, ooh, ah, because that, was the reaction I had in the second half. Down 17-7. 
with your head coach, Ron Rivera, not even in the room to give them a halftime speech. He had to do an IV drip. He was dehydrated. Dwayne Haskins, second-year quarterback, guy from Ohio State, goes in, gives some kind of speech that was they said was remember the Titans worthy. And then down 17-7, comes back and wins 27-17, puts up 20 points in the second half behind just hard work, hard-nosed defense, good running, intelligent receiving. Not He didn't exactly light up the scoreboard to do it, but if you look at the Washington football team, you're going to see games where the games they win, you're not going to see a running back rush for 100 yards. You're not going to see a wide receiver receive for over 100 yards. You're not going to see a quarterback that's going to throw for 300 yards. If I see this dude throw for 300 yards, I'm going to bet that's the game they're going to lose. All right? Because that's those are probably empty calorie yards from catching up. But So... Um, they're going to be a fun team to watch for everybody that's that's a lunch pail team that likes a blue-collar team. Like if you like the Pittsburgh Steelers of the 70s, you like the Buffalo Bills of the 90s, you, you, you uh, tune in and watch the Washington football team. <laughs> all right, now which game didn't surprise us at all? With your permission, Rob, I'd like to go first on this one since I'm already on a roll. The game that didn't surprise me at all, the Baltimore Ravens beating the Cleveland Browns. Watching Cleveland get a dog pounding with with all of these talented guys with a chip on their shoulder thinking all they got to do is sign their contract and show up that they're going to win games. Man, you could go kick rocks. You have to have a long memory of how you absolutely de-hold the Ravens when you beat them last year. Harbo, it's a long memory. Lamar Jackson, who who was 14 and 2. That was one of their losses. Are you kidding? Long memory. Ask us what if we've won, Johnny. 38 to 6. This dude has more commercials than NFL wins. Give me a break. I like missing Baker Mayfield on the field, but now it's time to put your money where your mouth is. Represent, boy. So who was, your, who was no the, surprise at all to you? No surprise to me, in all honesty, was probably the Green Bay Packers putting up 45 points on whoever they played. Because, <laughs> Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, that was, I mean. That was one of your pick six. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I just, if he gets into the place and the mindset of I'm putting up points where last season he didn't put up the, the yards. I mean, he put up the numbers, but he didn't put up the 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 touchdown the actual scoring numbers to make the games blowouts but he won a lot more football games and i think that's the disparity is you can be an amazing quarterback but if you don't win games it don't mean jack you know so at the end of the day i think he's been playing a lot better football a lot more heady football and he's playing at a, a mvp or better caliber level and this just shows i mean the Minnesota Vikings have one of the best defenses. They just got their new quarterback, well who I just dislike. You know, they have their their head coach still. You know, they're a really steady organization for as good or as bad as that means. Mm-hmm. They're a steady organization. And, yeah. um, I think the, they'll, they'll like win. You said, they'll they win had nine. the best head-to-head. They're going well, like to win nine. Yeah, no, I mean, they're going to yeah. win the playoffs. They're a tough team. That's what I'm saying. They're a good team. But the, the idea that they've had a really good head-to-head with them, they're a division rival, they know them very well, and they come out with 45 on them and just, you know, I mean, that's unstoppable. You know, you, yeah. so bad, in bad my dude, mind, huh? that's just, yeah, he's a bad man. 
He is a bad man like Stephen A. Smith. I'm not going to try to imitate nobody. The only thing I like to imitate is the whole stay off the weed thing. But I, I, beyond that, I'm not, you know, calling on his name to get me some fans uh, with respect <laughs> to Stephen A. But yeah, um, 364 yards passing, four touchdowns against, like you said, a defense that not only is well coached but knows Green Bay. Ooh, look out, shout, ow. All right, yeah. so let's go straight to, before we get really serious, let's go to our NFL pick six. Last week, Rob was three and two. Um, I was two and three. We're both waiting anxiously for the Giants game tonight, where I, I think you picked the Giants and I picked Pittsburgh. But yes, right sir. now, guess what? Our special guest last week at standing at five and oh is <laughs> Kelly Campbell. Picked all five games who this girl is the mystic maca this week and now she really put no matter what happens tonight she put me and rob as far as the host against the guest they put us in a hole man now we're just gonna now we're just worried about trying to beat each other <laughs> five and oh and she better I, she picked pittsburgh tonight so maybe we get maybe you get a little bit of ground and finish four and two but right now i'm in the hole i'm two and three <laughs> with tonight so um rob let's do a quick pick six uh, we're going to have um, Brendan Feng as our guest. He was supposed to be it last week, but I think he might be a revolving guest. And if that happens, then he's just going to be the third screen and, and you know, boom. And that's how we're going to do it because that's, cool. nah, yeah, that's Sports Debate Tuesday, man. We embrace <laughs> some debate, you know, and he's, 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 he's sharp, man. He's as good as, any, as, as the best of them. So let's do our pick six, Rob. Let's do Thursday's game, Cincinnati at Cleveland. Oof. Uh, Cincy at Cleveland. Um, I really like the way that Cincy looked. You know, I, you know, I, I don't know what's going too. on with, yeah, you know, I don't know what's going on with Cleveland, uh, you know, with what's going on in, uh, you know, with the Browns, but I, I, I'm going to pick Cincy, you know, give, uh, Joe Burrow his first win. Uh, I love the receiving core. I know they're not getting a lot of, uh, giving him a lot of time, but, um, uh, you know, maybe they start uh, running him a little bit more. He was pretty successful running the ball, and uh, yeah, maybe they just let him fly a little bit. So let, let's let's say Cincy here. Yeah, for me, I go um, Cleveland Browns. You know, I mean, there is a sense of pride with Odell Beckham Jr. and and Nick Chubb, who always runs hard. And um, sometimes hard work beats talent when talent refuses to work hard. But considering that they ran into a hardworking and talented team last week, um, they're going against a team that works hard. But I think got to give Cleveland the rub on this. I'm not saying it's going to be a dog pounding, but I'm picking against you on this. All right. Um, mm -hmm. Next one, New York Giants at Chicago Bears. I'm going to go first. Um and for me, and it's crazy because, I mean, you really want to wait till tonight's game, but I'm not. New York and Chicago, I'm going to go the Bears on this one. I think Trubitsky, uh, with Nick Foles breathing down his neck, knows that any kind of performance, um, he gets subbed out for a Super Bowl MVP, and, and he performed well under that pressure. Uh, better late than never. Um, emerging victorious this week and going with the Bears. Who you got? I mean, <clears throat> just because there's no fluidity in the – there's so much fluidity in the quarterback situation in Chicago. Uh, I mean, I'm going to go with the Giants again. Uh, I think this is another game they have an absolutely large chance of winning uh, with quarterback being the Chicago Bears <clears throat> kind of weakness uh, and the secondary for the Giants being a weakness. I think that can match up really well where, you know, the Giants start to put strength against strength and start to show out their talent. So hopefully, you know, good things to the Giants are coming. We'll see. Yeah, man. Okay. Atlanta Falcons at Dallas at the Dallas Cowboys. 
Um, I really love the way this dude, Matt Ryan, played. He threw for 400-plus yards, wasn't enough to win, and I think he can have a similar performance, and it's not going to be enough to win in Big D. I think Dak Prescott uh, bounces back. They had an, um, many opportunities to win this game. I think they right the wrong under Coach Mike McCarthy. Got to go Dallas. How does Dallas pick another bad head coach? I just don't get it. They just want the Jerry train to keep rolling. (laughs) I'm sorry. Mike McCarthy ruined Aaron Rodgers' career. We'll call it what you will. Call it the GM. But Mm -hmm. the the plays that man called and the what he did not do on defense year in and year out Uh ruined Aaron Rodgers' prime. So So I'm just going in for that. But... (laughs) Who you got? Dak Prescott. Yeah, I'm just I gotta go against the Cowboys, man. Come you on. You got Falcons? You got yes. Yeah. And because, Could be a group, a big girly day, huh? Yeah, you know, I'm hoping that good things come to good franchises because the Falcons have been needing good things for a long time, ever since that Super Bowl. So Yeah. Yeah, no, no doubt. All right, we got Carolina Panthers at the Tampa Bay Bucks. Rob, you go first. Who writes the wrong? Does Tampa Bay write yeah. the wrong, or does Carolina um, survive <laughs> this weekend? Uh, definitely Tampa. Uh, I saw some really good things um, with what they were doing, and I think Tom kind of fell apart late, but that's totally fine. Uh, I saw some great glimpses of great things, so can't wait to see what they're going to do going forward. Oh, me too. I thought Brady, I mean, he got he had a careless interception, a reservations for six in the end zone, and another interception. But when you look beyond that, like his ability to stand in the pocket, get a little, that little extra protection, I think Gronkowski's got, got, got his feel back as of this game. Because you have to consider there was no no preseason. So it's not a surprise. We both picked the Bucks to win, but at the same time, neither one of us were surprised they lost last week. It's a new quarterback with no preseason, but you know, I'm thinking them naming him the starter right away and having the chemistry and everyone just rallying behind him is going to be a bounce back game. We both got to go Tampa Bay on that one. I got to go Tampa Bay. Sorry, um, sorry to my guy um who played for Bridgewater, who was a perfect five and zero, um, subbing. For Drew Brees last year in New Orleans, and but at least it earned right. him a starting job because everyone was wondering when's this guy going to get a starting job. So we'll see. Um, okay, Baltimore Ravens at the Houston Texans. I'll go first. I'll go. Um, I'll, I'll, yeah, go, yeah, go, ahead, go ahead. I'll go Baltimore. I, um, the Baltimore usually is usually a team that has a pretty good record at home, but in light of the fact that they're there's not a whole lot of fan turnout depending on the stadiums and and in light of the fact that Lamar, Lamar Jackson um, has turned the Ravens into a traveling team, I'll go Ravens all the way. Yeah, I'm going to have to go Baltimore on this one as well because I just don't see what uh, Houston's doing very well. And if they are doing something well, it's running the football. And uh, that is exactly what the Baltimore Ravens practice every day with Lamar Jackson, with the players that they have on the field, it's just running against the Baltimore Ravens is not very smart. Um, so I'm going to have They're to go so Baltimore. so stingy, well. huh? Are they mm-hmm. so stingy? And let's give up, give it up for Jackson. 20 of 25 last week, 275 yards passing. We don't, hey, we ain't even talking about if, the running. Hmm? But if you're throwing only 25 times, you know, like you see a lot of these quarterbacks, they throw 35, 40, 30 passes minimum. You right. know what I mean? You know, some people be throwing 50 passes, you know, it's just and like, to get the 275. <laughs> right. You know, so bang for his you know, buck. <laughs> yeah. 
let's let's bring down the completion and you can you can put other things into play you know but it's like you have to have a team that's skilled enough to do that so no no doubt all right the last game is going to be a sunday night game the new england patriots at the seattle seahawks that's a good one i'm gonna definitely watch that one (laughs) (laughs) it's like damn do we just skip this don't even pick a winner (laughs) i gotta go with seattle uh i would love to go with new england i just don't see that team putting up more than about you know 21 24 points and uh, I think Seattle, as they showed last week, could just explode for, you know, 35 plus, 32. You know, so I could see, you know, Russell going out and doing a lot of things. It's not too late in the season where, you know, cold really makes a big difference. You know, so I'm, I'm going with uh, Seattle for sure. Oh, hot damn. This is my cam. <laughs> Keep me partying to the AM. But I don't understand. <laughs> we ain't picking cam in this A-er, 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 A-er. Whoa, that's my Russell Wilson, boy. That's my Russell Wilson. Still the best quarterback that is not talked about enough. Do they talk about him more in these days? Yeah, they should. He deserves it. What the hell does this man have to do to get talked about more? When another the Super Bowl because he was the second seed and or the first seed until he lost to San Francisco at the end and his team is always in the playoffs almost every year pretty much since the beginning of his career and when the Legion of Boom disappeared that man kept on booming he's going to keep on booming um against Bill Belichick Bill Belichick's going to have a game plan against him but it ain't going to be enough sorry you bend but don't break defense is going to be broken in Seattle I picked the Seahawks <laughs> All right, cool. So the next section we have, we only got one question or one topic matter for shame or no shame. So with no further ado, this is shame or no shame. 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 Okay, Rob. Here we go, man. I got to plug up. Wait, got to plug up our clock. Let me make that possible. Come check out the Option Podcast. Oh, not you. Shut up. (laughs) So, Rob, basically, shame or no shame, Dallas Cowboys' Dak Prescott admitted to um, um, being depressed and admitted to being treated for depression. And a lot of people thought it was a brave thing to do because sometimes, you know, it's not something. Like, athletes always have to be strong, but in light of the fact that his brother... Oops, sorry. In light of the fact that his brother um, passed away in April, it was one of those things that he just came out public and said, hey, I'm dealing with some stuff. And then um, two days later, Skip Bayless, or a day later, Skip Bayless said that the move was weak and that he's a Dallas Cowboy Americans team and you don't want to show any signs of weakness. And a lot of people excoriated Skip Bayless for his comments. So uh, with that being said, the full minute is yours, Rob. Um, shame or no shame, Skip Bayless calling Dak Prescott's public um, admit, admit, ad, admittance um, week. Yeah, so uh, definitely shame, but I'll preface it with this, um, that if he was talking about uh, getting Dak Prescott all the amount of money that he wants to get, then I'd understand where he's coming from in that most people in this day and age have to hide those types of uh, those parts of themselves because uh, 
the hiring uh, at this time doesn't see those as positives. They don't see those as uh, strengths to build upon. Like you've had to have mental fortitude to be able to get through these things every day as opposed to they see it as a weakness. So in that essence, I can understand what Skip Bayless is saying and maybe he wasn't explaining it well enough. Uh, but to just what your point is, I'd say it's shame because uh, not only is it difficult to deal with it for yourself, but the one of the biggest tools to deal with depression is to be able to talk to people and to, to be able to express, you know, how you feel so that you don't only have to be the one feeling it and you get to feel, you get to understand the people around you um, <clears throat> that can also uh, experience this and just feel, you know, a community of people around you. So uh, definitely a shame if that's all he was getting across to, but there is a deeper, you know, a deeper meaning to a lot of the things that people say. So I feel like it's, you know, <clears throat> definitely a disclaimer <laughs> yeah. for Skip Bayless, but definitely shame. You know, I got to go with Shane, but I will also preface my comments to say that it's a shame that we have to actually plug somebody else to plug another a guy that talks about sports. We're talking about sports, uh, about a guy who talks about sports. And the shame is is uh, um, on him, even though I share some shame for even having this as a subject matter. Skip Bayless never really wanted Dak Prescott to have his money in the first place. Skip Bayless is one of those people when Zeke got paid, he didn't have a problem with it. But now Dak wants more money than, than what's whatever. He he's calling him selfish and it's one of those things where we both know if that were Tony Romo now I'm, I'm not making this a, a black and white thing I'm making this a in love thing and and and, and, and never really and liked but not loved thing okay if that were Tony Romo that asked for his money Tony Romo who's only been like to the playoffs some uh, a maximum of two times Dak already matched that and already matched the better win loss record if that were Tony Romo he wouldn't have said anything he would have called Tony Romo brave then right now he's calling Dak weak and saying it's a weakness in this and that shame on you skip bailiffs because you know better in other situations shame 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 oops let's switch that all right hey that's that wraps up shame and no shame and we definitely used our minute to the max um and we both know i think i speak for both of us we could have gone a little bit further with that well let's go a little bit further with this um the houston game Houston um, and Kansas City, defending Super Bowl champions, opened up Thursday night's game uh, with standing on the field, half some of the players kneeling and some of the players standing for the flag respectfully. Um, of course, there's a unity thing going there too because now that everybody acknowledges that kneeling and standing, uh, that form of free speech is a double-edged sword and nobody should have to parrot each other's free speech um, to, to support someone. But Houston, the... Texans actually stayed in the locker room for the anthem, and then when they came out, they both locked arms, and they were met by the, the fans scattered around the, the stadium with a chorus of boos. Um, a lot of people found this dis the, the boos disgusting and distasteful. Um, what are your thoughts on the unity thing, and what are your thoughts on the crowd reaction, Rob? <clears throat> um, well, I'd have to say, first of all, um, that it's an amazing thing that the only fan base that's allowed to be at uh, a live event, you know, in these times have the audacity to polarize a situation that they say they don't want to be polarized. And in, in true essence of what's happening, I have to say thank you because, you know, to the people that are boycotting the sports because it only brings a bigger message upon and the, the only thing that has ever affected 
in these big businesses are the bottom lines. So effectively, you are helping the boy, you're helping the people that you hate when you boycott the sport. So please continue to, you know, you need to boycott or you need to have a form of protest. And if your form of protest on our form of protest hurts their bottom line, then the enemy of my enemy is my friend, you know? So I have to say that um, the boos are disgusting, but it's also the fact that there is no humility um, in, in the, uh, no humility in the way that they're allowed to watch, uh, you know, live audience sports when, when most other people in the whole world are not, you know, some in soccer, you know, in Europe, but other than that, it's most, most are non-audiences. So it's just very disheartening that the people that are able to get there choose to do that. Um, but again, you know, that's their choice. That's what they want to be heard as and seen as, and that'll be what people remember of Kansas city, you know, cause I don't get to see Kansas city on the TV all the time. You know, I don't get to see Houston on the TV all the time. So as a, you know, a, a person who might want to travel there and spend money in that city. And I heard they got fantastic barbecue. I've always wanted to go to Kansas city, but it makes me think twice, you know, because what is the, the common consensus of the people who visit the game? So the second I see the stadium, it has a reminder to me that that's the way you treat people um, in, in a certain essence. So it's just uh, very difficult when you say in one hand, you know, don't express your, your beliefs, but in the other hand, you express your beliefs. Yeah. You know what, Rob, I had something that I wanted to say that was um, coming full circle, but completely unrelated to, to your diatribe right now, but I kind of changed my mind. I'm inspired. I'm inspired. It's supposed to be a debate show. And and once again, just like Eminem, you know, when he talked about it, saying all the things you're going to do against me, you, you you did it to me again. I can't stand you sometimes, man. I, can, I wish I could just rip, reach in that screen and grab you by your ponytail, you know, but, you know, with love. So um, that came out wrong. So <laughs> I like what you said, because I heard a sports commentator say when he saw somebody walking with their pants sagging with like that, the, the butt sticking out like the boxers or whatever. He was like, he's like, I am a black man. And he's like, I'm going to go up to that guy and tell him to pull his damn pants up. Stop acting like a damn fool. And the cop next to him, you know, what the cop said, no, 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 Don't pull him up. He says, why don't you want me to pull him up? That's a man. Nope. Cause if you don't pull him up, I know who he is. And I think that's the point you were getting to. You don't want those guys not to boo. You don't want them to change their energy. No, if you got that all that energy and all that contentment, come bring that same energy. And this way we know who you are. We know you're about. And 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 this is where I come full circle and s- s- echo your sentiment on the shame and the, and the personal disgust I saw when I saw the booing. You know, J.J. Watt, who's not, uh, who's leans more right than left or whatever, doesn't really talk about politics. Um, even he realizes a show of you, you um, there's more that that um, brings us together than divides us. And that's why I really 
First of all, my reaction to the show Unity was awesome. I thought it was classic. We're just black, white, different colleges, different upbringings. Dude, we're all in this together. You know, white people don't get it. Hey, tell us, make us understand. Tell us where you want our help. You don't want my help here? Fine, you want my help there, boom. You know, I'm only good at giving money. I'm not good on the horn. Want money? Good. So, right, more than one way to skin a cat. Um, but where I was going before was, I was big enough to Houston because Houston stayed in the locker room for the national anthem because be educating our, our, our audience in 2009, all the way up until 2009, uh, the players stayed in the locker room for the national anthem. They were not out there to kneel. They were not out there to stand. They were in the locker room waiting for the starting lineups to be announced. After 2009, the government, I think it was $2.2 billion or something like that, the government gave the NFL some extra cheddar cheese to have their players out there for what we would call paid patriotism. If You know, it's, it's good because now we get to get more people to join the army if they see, you know, the players out there watching the planes fly by and, you know, red, white, and blue and all that stuff. And then this guy named Colin Kaepernick takes a knee, you know? Uh, this guy named Colin Kaepernick, who hurt his bottom line, but is looking, I don't know if that was five or seven years ago, I can't even remember, but he's hes he, he, hes the one that looks so bad now and is looking really good now. But I, sh um, I think I want to close it at that because we can go on and on, but to answer the question, our question, I was disgusted by that it wasn't even like mixed reaction it was it was it was booze you know and i was really wasn't i didn't know what to make of it i'm like are the fans booing because they're like yo we we ain't here to see uh you know the enemy team show unity i want y'all to crush them on the field so there was right. that part where i was like let me i'm not gonna say nothing let me just give them the benefit of the doubt and you know but no nah, they don't get no nope Nope, they're going to have to miss me on that one. They don't get no benefit of the doubt because there's plenty of times the booty of the team. That's when their quarterback takes the field. Deshaun Watson takes the field. You know, J.J. Watt takes the field. All that, all that energy could have been used there, but no. Didn't hear them. You didn't hear them boo when the, when the um, Texans took the field for offense, right? No. You didn't hear them boo when the, the anthem was played and they took a knee. No, they, they only booed when, when they showed a sign of unity. Ryan Clark said it best. He says, you know, when it's women's breast cancer, everyone's going to stand up and clap. When it's, you know, you know, this is dedicated to our veterans, everyone's going to stand up and clap. But someone want to take a knee and protest police brutality and the unfair treatment of black people? That Oh, that one you want to boo. Disgusting. Disgusting. I mean, you, damn, you damn right I'm picking a side. And I, I don't pick sides, but, but man, there's this some easy ones, Rob. There's some easy ones and the ones that aren't that 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 and and there's some that are hard and then there's some that are easy. This is not an easy a hard call to make, <laughs> right? Your reaction, sure. you didn't even that wasn't a hard call to make. <laughs> so all right, man, look what I just did, man. Everyone's having a good time, and then I just put a Debbie Downer in everybody's thing. Um, good. We already answered the whole boycotting thing. We were that was going to be a subject matter, but you did a, you did a nice little two in one. Big up to My you, man. No, that's, that's, we can go straight into that. Basically, there's a lot of people that are going to boycott the NBA because of that. Oh, NASCAR, they're doing it. Oh, I'm not watching them anymore. And I'm like, dude, you are running out of sports. <laughs> you are running out of sports, okay? Because yeah. the owner's bottom line change where they're not losing money. Guess what? We're for it. Social justice. Let's go. So anyone right. you wanted, anyway, anything you wanted to say to finish on that? Um, yeah, I mean, if, uh, you know, more money is out of sports, you know, and, and out of the entertainment in industry, maybe we can start investing in, you know, real, 
real education or real uh, avenues of education for people who are underprivileged, you know, so we can get legitimate inventions as well as, you know, real uh, quality style of jobs. You know, um, I think that should be our vision going forward instead of how many jobs, but the quality of jobs and what type of life expectancy and what type of life quality you're living based on your job. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, you know, again, the same thing with the whole defund the police. Let's defund sports. You know, let's let's take a lot more money out, out of sports and put it into something that's actually going to help our country get better. You know, but again, I don't believe these are conversations people want to have until it affects them. So, you know, all I'm going to say is keep that same energy. If everybody wants things to change, things are going to change. You know, if everybody wants things to stay the same, you're going to find people that's going to, you know, nothing's ever going to stay the same. That are going to so, fight to stay the same. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So yep. just got to find out which side you want. That's true. Because me, uh, there's, you're not going to meet a more, a more centrist. Rob knows me for a long time. You're not going to meet a more centrist human being in the world. Okay. I, I love my guns and my gay people. You know, I love, I don't like government spending, but I, I realize we need, we need some kind of infrastructure. So, but as far as picking sides that there's a true, a clear right and wrong here. And it's so wrong. You know, it's, some people could be so wrong. Um, all right, that wraps up the NFL. Before we go to our sports movie of the week, I couldn't resist. And we 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 do talk MMA here. Coming up, we got Tyron Woodley against Kobe Covington. Who wins? Um <clears throat> I mean, I'm just gonna go with what usually happens. So I really think that Kobe Covington is gonna kinda show more of, you know. Tyron Woodley's deficiencies mentally, you know, when it comes to a fight where he just doesn't throw punches. And even if he does throw punches, even if he throws that magic punch, you know, Kobe's Kobe's pretty got a, got a pretty good chin. So he might just be Five able to rounds, take it, man. weather the storm, and then be able to pat him up again. So yeah. I really just think that if if they both fight, you know, maybe not their premium fight, but their, you know, just below premium fight, you know, Kobe Covington has in the bag. So We'll see what happens. You know, there's a lot of emotions around and, and some, you know, some fighters don't always execute. And, you know, sometimes yeah. people are, you know, swept up in the moment. But, you know, again, if they all fight really well, really good fights, I still see Covington coming out on top. You know, what's weird. Usually when you have two wrestlers that have a grudge against each other, it, um, it usually the match usually winds up being crap. There's a lot of staring contests. There's hugging against the cage, and then sooner or later the boo the the boos come out, the the boo birds come out. And the only thing that even changed my mind on that was watching Kamara Usman and um, Kobe Covington that last match have this gentleman's agreement. Both elite wrestlers, right? Do you know all Division One, Division Two All American, Division Two champion, sorry, and Division One All American just had this handshake deal, no takedown attempts. They were, they were angry enough at each other to want to punch each other in the face for five rounds. And now, all of a sudden, this match where I wasn't excited about... I was excited about the rivalry and just all the crap talking back and forth because, you, you, you know, it kind of juices you up. But I prepared myself for the worst because I knew that matches like that could go another way. They could be staring contest or they could be um, cage hugging with no advanced men or position where it's stalemate. And, and then you might have a ref that doesn't say break. He just lets just watches it <laughs> you know um with that being said gotta go covington 
I think Covington's strategy um, is pressing the action, and he was trying to press the action against Kamaru Usman, but Woodley, if Woodley takes that step back, he takes another step back. I, I never, you know, see him. And his counter-striking with, with Covington's reach is not going to be effective. And Woodley also has a huge, huge bad, bad win-loss record against other elite wrestlers, everyone that, that can MMA wrestle. I bring your attention to um, Nate Marquardt, who's pretty good, who eventually survived him and actually uh, KO'd Woodley in Strike Force. Bring your attention to Rory McDonald, where Woodley, he was like, I was trying, I tried to get off and I couldn't, I couldn't get off my hands or whatever, I couldn't get off, whatever. And it almost sounded exactly like his explanation when he lost to um, Kamara Usman. And I think we're going to see more of the same. I think we're going to see a wrestler who might be a little bit bigger than him, just as good in the wrestling department, if not better. Um, press the cage, and this and that. And the only way I even see Woodley even winning this match is if they're angry enough to bite down on their mouthpiece and Woodley catches them coming in. Because that right hand, I mean, I gotta, you got to give it up, man. I mean, and that knocked out Robbie Lawler. If that's, now Robbie Lawler could take a shot. That slept Robbie Lawler, um, I don't know. But right now, I'm the, 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 the safe bet. And I wish I knew the odds. And, you know, since this is a re... Uh, you know, a pre-record. Maybe I'll put the odds up on on subtitle and um, mm -hmm. but make Monco we Covington. Glad we talked about that. Glad glad we snuck that in. We'll talk more about the UFC next week if there was any exciting match. Big up to Michelle Waterson. Raise a close decision against um, um, Angela Hill. I thought mm -hmm. Hill won, but you know, sometimes when you go five rounds and it's close, no one got screwed. No one got screwed. It wasn't the obvious. Right, whoever's hand was raised, I don't think anyone got after because it wasn't. Like, I mean, one girl looked like she had some damage on her. The other girl didn't look like she had a lot of damage on her. So that's mm -hmm. another thing. Is yeah. that? But yeah, the fights, you know how how they end matter just as much how they start and the middle. You know, everything really matters. So, you know, you, you mix in a couple of takedowns with the amount, you know, with the total t punches, and it could easily go either way. So, yeah. Um, last but not least, we're not going to do shoutouts at the end. But last but not least, we're going to do um. What am I saying? You could do yours. I'm not doing one. Um, we're going to do Sports Movie of the Week. Uh, my Sports Movie of the Week. For anyone that's a little bored, this is what we do every week. We recommend a sports movie for you to sit with and watch with your significant other, but maybe not always with your family, especially for this one. Uh, my Sports Movie of the Week is The Wrestler. The Wrestler is uh, Mickey Rourke. And it's a very sexy Marissa Tomei. Everyone's like, oh my God, you look sexy for your age. Oh, to hell with that, man. She just looks, she just looked extraordinary. And the only reason why you even know her age is because we go back to 1992 where my cousin Vinny came out, okay? She was the same sexy Marissa Tomei then. She's the same sexy Marissa Tomei now, but she's not the central character. The central character is the guy that conveys um, how hard it was um, in, in a time period to be a wrestler. Uh, back then in the day, when you saw wrestlers on TV and you saw the glamour and the glit, you thought that these guys were getting paid, and they really weren't. They were getting paid $200 for these house shows. You, um, they traveled cheap. They ate cheaper just to survive and they, just to be a traveling circus. Um, it also showed you that even though wrestling is staged and the results are staged, the, 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 the results as far as the winners and losers, the moves and the bumps they take are very very, very real. Broken bones, concussions, shattered noses, God damn near broke his neck. Um, and 
which leads to addiction to painkillers for some of these people, which leads to addictions to performance-enhancing drugs because it's not a real sport. It's, it's, it's basically the steroid league. There's no athletic commission that mediates it because it's, it's considered sports entertainment. Anyone who wants to get a really good look or care enough to see so, the way some of these guys live their life and why they do what they do and their love for the sport, I'll give you the wrestler. And the wrestler gets four McKibben beards. Um, my sports movie of the week is going to have to be Hardball. Uh, Keanu Reeves. I don't know why I keep put, I, I watch too many Keanu Reeves movies. You know I'm going to sing a but, song after this, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, just, again, like one of an, uh, another baseball movie, you know, from my from my childhood. I thought it was just a, such an amazing, uh, deep, eloquent movie about, you know, the struggles of being able to enjoy a sport coming from a place where that might be the only thing that you enjoy, you know, where, you know, you have to play with a certain type of, you know, with, with the, the people in your neighborhood or the, you know, the kids that you signed up with, you know, and you got to make do with what you have, you know, and you got to, you know, if you as a team can group together and do something, you can, you can win games. Yeah. You can do great things, but uh, there's also the other side of life where, you know, that might be the, you know, the outlet for many other things in your life, um, for whether it's a coach or whether it's, you know, the kids playing as well, or even the parents. Um, so just very interesting story about, um, you know, being in a very disadvantaged position, but still finding, you know, the love in life. And yeah, it's just amazing, amazing, amazing movie. Five McKibben Beard. Yeah, man. Five out of a possible four. <laughs> I might just throw it up there just for fun. Yo, I love it when they call me Big Papa. <laughs> Raise your hands in the air if you're a true player. Do you remember that? You had the headset oh, yeah. on and oh, he was yeah. oh, throwing yeah. nothing but great pitches. Shit. Oh, hardball, people. Great movie, man. Especially a movie that a lot of people don't talk about, especially another sports movie with Keanu Reeves. This one he swung at and hit. Uh, the Replacements was more of a humorous thing. This is also humorous, but it's it's really real, man. Hardball. Loving hardball, man. Um... My shout out is going to go to you. I wear a heavy heart the last few days. There's a lot of things that happen in my life. There's a lot of things that, that are happening to my loved ones, uh, my acquaintances and my brother and sis, brothers and sisters who are suffering. And there's a lot of um, things that are happening where I think certain people are just trying to understand more. And some people who weren't didn't care about understanding because they didn't know. You know, they're like, this is rare. And I'm like, it's only rare to the people who are not affected. <laughs> that was one of the points I was trying to make. So big up to you for keeping me up. Um, those those people who are trying to understand, I'll give y'all a shout out later. Cause right now, I'm just not in the mood, man. I, I'm I've been I've been really really down. So y'all want to send a message to this dude for keeping me up and make this making this podcast possible. And the way I came out with the energy with my Buffalo Bills, man. Big up to you, Rob McLean. Thank you, bro. Yeah, no, just everybody stay safe and healthy, and you know, keep being positive. Come check out the. Yeah, man, I like that. All right, that's all we got, man. Cool, man. We finally did our time. <laughs> we did it right this week. We went over so many times. Um, listen, for everybody at home, Rob might love you, but I had enough of you, truly, okay? For those of you on your iPad, for those of you on your iPhone at Starbucks, for those of you on your Droid, for those of you on your desktop who runs the world, old school, old school, for episode 34, and for Rob, keep it McLean, McLean. I'm Jason DeBeas. I am exhausted. Love you guys, and we're out. 
Come check out the Option Podcast on OptionDB.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Angel. You're going to love what you hear.